uh, we thought it would be good for everyone to hear what our baptismal candidates had to say uh, as we asked them, why do you want to get baptized? So I think you're going to be able to hear from them on the screen. Hi, my name is Ove. I'm from Mexico. So my English name is actually Eve. And then um, Eve turned into Evelyn with my younger friends Eve. My Italian can call Bella. And then <laughs> Luna is um, Spanish. Hi, my name is Paul Vicente Sason, and today I have decided to be baptized. I got to know Jesus when I was like seven. I had felt the presence of God when I was in a Christian camp. My parents, actually my parents named me Obed because it appears in the Bible. I want to get baptized to be saved, to live as Jesus lived, to love as Jesus loved, and to be in God's will. I was born and raised in the British Hong Kong. Um, and I grew up in a Buddhist household. Um, I attended a Catholic primary and secondary school and came to Canada at the age of about um, 17 or 18 years old. Um, I attended high school in Hamilton, Ontario and University in Winnipeg, Manitoba um, where I met my Christian uh, friends and classmates. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ in Vancouver, British Columbia, and God has gifted me so much abundant blessings. Even I was a very slow walker following Him, and always got distracted by worldly desires and temptations. God has shown me so much teachings through His amazing grace, kindness, patience, mercy, and I experience His mighty love, forgiveness, loyalty, and protection over and over again. The Holy Spirit always touch and move me with joy and delight. I had experienced even miracles. Um, as Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. I have considered getting baptized for a long, long time and holding it off as I always thought I need to be um, perfect. I have been waited for the right time and this Easter is the right season and getting baptized on Easter Sunday is particularly of significance as it is the day Jesus Christ returned to life and my own biological father also passed away on this special day 13 years ago. So it has very significant double meaning to me. I receive Yahweh's, God's grace, become his adopted child and a member of God's family and begin a new life in the church at this Easter. 
I'm so happy to share this great news and my wedding day. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Isaiah 54, verse 5. Thank you very much for celebrating this very special event and my new life with me. I have chosen to accept Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. One of the reasons I have made this decision is because today is my 13th birthday and Easter Sunday. The significance of this is that on my 13th birthday, I am no longer a child and I can make my own decisions. Also, what better time than the Easter weekend to symbolically die and be resurrected in Jesus Christ. Another reason I wanted to do this is because I think that God has helped me a lot in my life. And what's amazing is a lot of the time I fail to even notice or appreciate it. The biggest way I think God has helped me in my life is with my allergies. I have life-threatening food allergies to egg and peanuts. I have had four reactions in my life, and they were very scary. But each time, God helped me to survive and recover from them. I also had a high-risk birth and a low chance of survival. But, evidently, I'm not dead. There are so many times that I could have died in my life, but I'm still here, and that must be for a reason. Now that I think about it, it really is a miracle that I'm alive. I hope that from this point on, I can find a new meaning in life and a new identity as a follower of Jesus Christ. And some Spanish. So how many? Six, seven? <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Am I free? You are yeah. free. <laughs> you are. Sounds good. I want to get my lunch. As you have seen, uh, Evelyn and uh, Paul have already been baptized this morning, and uh, Obed uh, has chosen the uh, the. Uh, privilege of being baptized in the tank here. So Obed, where are you? This is your moment. Come on up. Come on up, Obed. Okay, so welcome. Yeah, I liked the video. That was good. You, you did well. Okay, so grab hold of that one. And uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and uh, you're going to give the answers that are written here. And... Uh, <laughs> Good, we're, we're on the wavelength here, that's good. And uh, so that's, that's that. And then we're going to invite the whole church to, uh, to join in uh, the response of a profession of faith uh, from the Apostles' Creed. And when we get to that bit, there is a line in there that often causes consternation in Protestant churches. And the line is, the Holy Catholic Church. And some people say, oi, what's this? We're Protestants. Well, the, dis the difference here uh, is this is small c Catholic, all right? Small c Catholic means the whole church throughout time and all around the world. It means kind of universal, if you like. 
And so when we say the Holy Catholic Church, we're not saying we are under Rome or we're not saying we are Catholics. No, that's not, that's not it. We are saying this is what we believe. Okay, clear? So, so please, if you, have, if you want to talk to me about that afterwards, very happy to talk to you about that. But I just want to warn you, we're, we're not going wobbly here, all right? So you, you're cool with that too? So that's good. Okay. Okay. So baptism, what, what, what it symbolizes is going down into death with Jesus. You know, Jesus was uh, killed on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and death held him. But death was not strong enough to keep him down and he came alive again. And just as you're going to go under the water in the tank there in just a minute, you're going to go down and that symbolizes you dying. And as you come up, it symbolizes you rising with God's new life inside you. Okay, so that's fantastic. That's, that's what it's saying, right? So, okay, so I'm going to ask you the questions now. Here we go. So, Obed, in baptism, God calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. To follow Christ means dying to sin and rising to new life with him. Therefore, I ask you, do you reject the devil and all rebellion against God? I reject them. Do you renounce the deceit and corruption of evil? I renounce them. Do you repent of the sins that separate us from God and neighbor? I repent of them. Do you turn to Christ as Savior? I turn to Christ. Do you submit to Christ as Lord? I submit to Christ. Do you come to Christ the way, the truth, and the life? I come to Christ. You did awesome. Now we're going to get everyone else in. Okay. So here is our opportunity. It should come up on the screen, I think. Well, here we go. So I'll read the top one and everybody join in with what comes below. Do you believe and trust in God the Father? I believe, I believe in God, God the, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty creator, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe and trust in his Son, Jesus Christ? I believe, believe in Jesus Christ, Christ his, his only Son, our Lord, Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe and trust in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Awesome job, Obed. We're going to go through the sermon now, and then after that, you're going to go up and uh, get ready to get uh, dunked. Okay? Sound good? Awesome. Thanks, Obed. Well done. Well, I like Easter Sunday. I hope you like Easter Sunday too. It's the day on which the church worldwide, we could even say Catholic, celebrates and proclaims the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a joyful day to be sure, 
But it's also a day when thoughtful people everywhere should consider carefully what it is that Christians believe and why they should believe it. The text that we've had read for us just now by Michael, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8, comes from the Apostle Paul writing to a group of Christians who seem to have begun to doubt the reality of the faith that they have embraced. But Paul has this to say to them. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Now, Paul is clearly eager here that they shouldn't forget the gospel. So what is the gospel that he is talking about? Literally, the word translated gospel means good news. And it's what Paul preached and the Christians in Corinth received, accepted, and took their stand on. We could say relied on fully. Now, Paul is going to tell us in a moment what that good news is, but first, he wants to remind us about the power of the gospel. He says, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Now, this phrase tells us that the good news that Paul proclaimed is powerful. Powerful enough to save and to rescue. But it needs to be hung on to, gripped tightly, in order to be effective. Disbelieving it neutralizes its effectiveness. Imagine a man drowning in the sea. A helicopter comes along and drops a rope to him. The offer is there to grab the rope. But in the moment that the rope is dangling in front of him, he says, I don't believe in helicopters. It's a problem. Paul now goes on to say, what is the good news? And here it is. Paul says, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. So what is the good news? The good news is Jesus himself. Jesus lived a life of exceptional purity and commitment, fulfilling ancient prophecy in astounding detail, from his birth to his death and his resurrection, a life that totally vindicated his own claim to be the Son of God. And also vindicated John the Baptist's claim that he was the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. His death on the cross looked like total defeat. 
but was actually the victory of victories because death could not hold him. In rising again, Jesus revealed himself as the Savior of the world and the ultimate King and Lord. And Paul points us to the witnesses of the resurrection. Peter, the twelve, and then all the others, apparently up to 500 of his followers who saw him alive at one time. Now, if anyone in the first century had questioned Paul about this, Paul would have said and does say, look, go and ask them. They saw him alive. They saw him eating, drinking with them. They're the ones you can ask. You can prove it. Go talk to them. The last point he makes, and this is where history meets the present, is Paul says, yep, he did appear to all that crowd, all the first disciples. But he also appeared to me. And Paul could never forget that day when he was on the road to Damascus, he was armed with warrants from the chief priests in Jerusalem to round up Christians wherever he could find them and put them in jail because he was so incensed about this lie that they were spreading that Jesus was alive. And as he rode along, the light shone from heaven. He fell off his horse. He was blinded and he heard a voice speaking to him. And he met Jesus for himself. And it shocked his socks off. He never thought that Jesus was alive. And then he met him. And it changed everything. So that's why Paul preached the good news. He'd met Jesus for himself. So that's what Christians believe. But why do they believe it? I think the bottom line answer is that it's true. It happened. Go read the four Gospels. Go read the New Testament. Look at it. And see the change that happened in those first followers. See how they turned from frightened, scared, cowardly people running in fear of, of, of arrest. At Jesus' arrest, to a few days later, when having seen him crucified, they changed. They changed from people that were frightened to people that were full of hope and full of confidence and so full of confidence that Jesus was truly alive, that most of them were martyred for their faith. And if that doesn't convince you, go talk to other Christians. Because all down the centuries, there is a line, a line of Christians who have looked at the evidence for the resurrection, 
and have said, you know, on balance, I think it's true. And those people have turned to God and they've said, I think it's true. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit and give me direction and lead me. And those Christians down the centuries, and there are some here today who stand in that line, have found that that balance of probabilities thing has turned to total conviction because Jesus has met them, has walked with them, lives with them, and continues to answer their prayers and walk with them. Why do we believe it? Because it's true. Now I've got a funny question to ask you. How many of you here believe that Notre Dame Cathedral burned this week? It's, I want to see your hands. Do you believe it burned? Okay, I want to see hands, hands. I'm seeing hands. I'm seeing hands everywhere. Okay. Now come on, you're a credulous lot. How many of you have been to Paris this week? Okay, not so many now, not so many. Okay. Do you know they can do incredible things with CGI? Do you know that? Do you know they can take something that looks solid and, 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 and just make it look like it's on fire? Do you know they can do fantastic things with plastic models? Really? Really? So, you still believe? You still believe that really happened? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, Treya believes. Okay, yeah. Actually, actually, I believe too. Okay, I, I believe. Now, why do we believe that? We believe because lots of people say it. On a balance of probabilities, we're pretty convinced it happened. There was another picture we saw the last couple of weeks. The black hole. How many of you believe you saw a picture of a black hole? Oh, I see those hands again. We do believe. We're a believing lot this morning. That's great. Okay. How many of you realize that that black hole may not exist? How many light years? So that's actually a picture of something that happened way back in time. Still believe in that black hole? Let me tell you, friends, if we can believe that Notre Dame Cathedral burned down this week, if we can believe that we've seen a picture of a black hole that happened way, 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 way before any of us were born and may not be there even now, my question for you is, why is it so hard for you to believe that Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead? I believe that on the balance of probabilities, He really is alive. And He's calling you today, Easter Sunday, to step aside from the doubt, to step aside from the skepticism, and to step into the assurance of faith. It's not improbable 
that Jesus came alive. All those witnesses of the resurrection point to it. The church has pointed to it down the centuries. The people sitting around you in the pews believe it. And you, you could believe it. You could say on the balance of probabilities this morning, I believe it. God help me. Fill my life with your spirit. And I want to move forward on that basis. Try it. Try it. Because it's true. Jesus is alive. And I want you to know that the loneliest place in the world is standing at a grave. If you have no assurance that Jesus came alive again. Because at that point, we are all left bereft. Life seems absolutely meaningless. And there is nothing to hope for. But the resurrection changes everything. And Christians are resurrection people. And we believe that no matter how hard and dark life becomes, Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. Church, we now celebrate the love of God today by taking communion together. As we share in communion, we remember that Jesus died for our sins, Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus offers forgiveness and new life to all who choose to turn to him and put their trust in him. The scriptures remind us that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. At Granville Chapel, we welcome all followers of Jesus to participate in taking communion with us. If today you want to make a decision to follow Christ, as Andy mentioned, or recommit your life to Christ, you are welcome to join us in the celebration of the love of God. Today we will be taking communion in a different way than we ordinarily 